Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. This is the Broncos Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Broncos Wire editor, John Heath. Because these guys, both of them, Drew and Teddy, have done well, as you guys have seen. And they've made it a hard decision. Um, So, you know, we'll give it thorough thought. We've been discussing it with the coaches, with George, all along, and we'll continue to do that. Well, there's Vic Fangio not so long ago talking about the quarterback competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. And, John, when we spoke last week, I didn't really give the competition the light of day. I thought... You know, Fangio's been, he he seems like he's been riding the fence. He keeps saying how close the quarterback competition was. And I thought that meant that Drew Locke would win the job because you got to do something to lose your job or the other guy's got to do something to take your job. You know what I mean? And and with Locke being in the playbook last year, you know, coming into his second season, I just thought there's no way this kid's going to lose the job. There's no way they're going to go to Teddy Bridgewater. But breaking news here today as we're recording the podcast, the Broncos have made their decision. And they're going with Teddy Bridgewater as the starter. So Drew Locke is down to number two. Teddy Bridgewater is the starter. I feel a certain way about this. How do you feel? What's your leadoff thought on this? Yeah, going into training camp and going into preseason, and even last week on the podcast, like you were saying, I was right there with you. I thought it was Locke's to lose. And we kind of talked about it, like if it's close, you go with Locke because he's the young guy. So going into the Seahawks game, I really thought so long as Locke is just fine and Bridgewater's just fine, it's going to be Locke because he has long-term upside. But then in the Seahawks game, like I know it was against backups and Locke was playing with the second-team offensive line. Everybody's making a big deal about that. But like Bridgewater, he did nothing wrong uh, in Seattle. And in, in the Vikings, Bridgewater played with the backups, and he had two touchdowns. One of them was called back by a penalty, but he had a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. And then in Seattle, like – he manipulated the pocket so well, and he had that beautiful throw on a corner route to the tight end right near down the end zone. If the tight end had reached it over the pylon, that would have been a touchdown too. So I thought Bridgewater did nothing wrong in Seattle. And then Drew Locke came in, and yeah, I know the offensive line, they made some terrible plays. Uh, but Locke, he put the ball on the ground twice, and he recovered both those fumbles, but like there was a chance that those could have been turnovers and fumbles and turnovers in general for him were a really big problem last year. And it's something that he's got to get better at. And we really haven't seen him get better at. And like, I know the offensive line let guys through everybody on Twitter is going to talk about how he didn't get a fair shot, blah, blah, blah. But like Bridgewater played just as often with the second string as Locke played with the second string. And you can get sacked because of blown blocking assignments and still hold on to the ball. And like you can have an offensive lineman trip you and still hold on to the ball. And like that may be a little critical. And I'm not saying that's what uh, swung the competition or what should have swung competition. But I think you can just see how Locke, he he can be a little reckless at times and he cannot uh, protect the ball as well 
Whereas Bridgewater, uh, last year he had a lot of turnovers, more than he should have, but he played for an awful Panthers team that was out without Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey was like their entire offense. This year, hopefully the Broncos aren't going to be awful, at least not as bad as the Panthers last year. And hopefully he's going to have not a Christian McCaffrey-level uh, teammates, but he's going to have a Melvin Gordon, a Javante Williams. I mean, Locke would have those same guys too, but Bridgewater has kind of proven his career. Like back when he was with the Vikings, he made the Pro Bowl. He can be a game manager for you. He can protect the football. He can move the chains. He can manipulate the pocket. I am kind of surprised because, as I mentioned earlier, Locke, he's your long-term guy. And I feel like if if the Broncos thought there was a possibility that he could be a franchise quarterback – they would be willing to go through some growing pains with him. And the fact that they're they picking a journeyman, short-term, seemingly short-term option in Bridgewater, to me that says really bad news for Drew Locke. I, I, Drew Locke, unless Bridgewater gets hurt or stinks it up, like this may be Drew Locke, this may be the end of his time in Denver, at least as a starter. He's going to begin the year as a backup, but who knows what's going to happen to Locke now. Who knows? Yeah. Like, how is he going to react if he does come back in the game and, and he takes over? How is he going to respond to that? He's a young player. Um, I agree with, with a ton of what you just said, John. I, I totally get what you're saying. Like Drew Locke in the turnovers. I was ranting about that every week last year. Like how many times did he throw an interception on the first drive of the game? Just drove me crazy. He did it every he did it like every other game. It seemed he would throw an interception on the first drive. And it's like, can you not do that? And yeah, the turnovers are crazy. I'm still stunned, though, and as much as I was ripping Drew Locke and he performed as one of the worst QBs in the league last year, I wanted him to win this job. I think he should have. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater should be the starting quarterback for the Broncos. Now, I get that Bridgewater, uh, I get what you're talking about with the pocket. He's poised. He throws an accurate ball, all that stuff. I don't think he challenges defenses down the field, though. I don't think he has that strong of an arm. I I think Locke's arm, so much better, so much more potential. I don't disagree there. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. For me, Bridgewater reminds me of Chad Pennington a little bit. An accurate guy, smart player, puts the ball in the right place, but he really can't challenge the team, you know, teams down the field. He doesn't have that arm. Locke has that that arm that could be special, that arm talent. Now, he's not there. He's got a long way to go. And you're right, there would be growing pains if he started this season. But you're going with a guy you're you're kind of giving up on a player you just drafted in the second round for as you said, a journeyman who he doesn't really have special arm talent. Now, he's a good quarterback, but he's he's not great. And I got to tell you, John, the glove on the throwing hand, I can't take it. I can't take it. I cannot watch Broncos games this year with Teddy Bridgewater with two gloves on. He's got to take the glove off the throwing hand. The two gloves, I can't take it. I, I just can't. When you're wearing two gloves, John, that, that tells me right there that you can't throw the ball down the field. You just can't. With the two that's gloves. what puts it over the top yeah, for no, you. That's, that's what's really making me lose my mind. First of all, I want to no, do lock. I, but second of all, the two gloves thing is going to drive me crazy all season. I get what you're saying about Locke's arm strength because he definitely has a bigger arm, and I think that's kind of Locke's thing. He's he's like a boomer bust quarterback. Like he's a gunslinger. He's not afraid to go for it. But the problem is, like you just admitted, that's going to lead to it, turnovers. And the Broncos, it seems like they're like, okay, we'd rather have Bridgewater throw these 10, 5, 15 yard passes and hopefully protect the football than Locke connect on like an 80 yard bomb with Hamler. That's awesome. But if he also throws two interceptions because he's trying to go for it all, what would you rather have? You know, like the 5, 10, 15-yard completions or one big play and two terrible plays. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a balance of it, and the Broncos feel, at least at this moment, that the balance of conservative is better than the boomer bust. And was it Chad Pennington you mentioned? Didn't he? Maybe I'm misremembering. 
but didn't he get the Jets to the playoff? Was it the Jets? At least a couple of times. And that's all they want to do. They want to get in playoff contention. And if Bridgewater can win some games for them, get them in playoff contention, then the next year we, we can go into the whole quarterback thing again. Like Aaron Rodgers, his contract with the Packers, that left the door open for him to maybe be traded in the spring. And Deshaun Watson, like if he gets cleared and the NFL lets him play and the Texans want to trade him, maybe he's on the trade block. And, you know, there's going to be more quarterbacks in the draft last year. So Bridgewater doesn't have to be the long-term guy. And I think this shows that they clearly don't think Locke is a long-term guy because, like we're saying, if they thought he could be, you go through some growing pains because he's your franchise guy. I think this shows that George Payton and Vic Fangio, they're just not sold on Locke. And that's obviously a huge bummer because he's a second-round pick. And like you're saying, you wanted him to win. I wanted him to win too because that's the best-case scenario for the franchise. Like You don't want to waste a second-round pick on a quarterback and set yourself back a couple years because the quarterback didn't become who you wanted him to become. So it, from that perspective, I'm with you, and it's kind of a bummer that Locke didn't win. But if Bridgewater gives them the best chance to win in week one and the best chance to win in general this year and they can get in playoff contention, I can understand why they're doing it. Yeah, no, I, I think Teddy is a bridge to the next quarterback. You see what I did there? Teddy is a bridge <laughs> to the next quarterback. Well played. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. They don't they don't view Locke as the guy. They've made that decision. Now, it's like the Giants – are building around Daniel Jones, even though he sucked last year. They're, they're not giving up on Daniel Jones, but for some reason the Broncos seem to want to give up on Drew Locke. They want to go with Teddy Bridgewater and use him as a bridge to the next guy. So that, that seems what it is. And you're, you're right, John. I mean, And this is kind of a developing take because we're reacting to this in, in almost in real time, same day. Um, you're right. Chad Pennington was su- very successful dinking and dunking the Jets past my Patriots back in the day. I, I remember being so upset about freaking losing to Chad Pennington. I could not stand it. And for me, I just feel like, although I am surprised and I don't like the move, it does kind of fit the whole narrative of this Broncos offseason, right? It fits the narrative of drafting Patrick Sertan, uh, building the defense, going out and getting Kyle Fuller in free agency, just completely just stacking that defense as much as possible because that's how the Broncos want to win. And they know that if we just play marginally better on offense and get a little bit more dangerous and stop turning over the football, that we're going to be a better team because of our defense, and our defense is going to be that good. And I think it kind of fits that thing, right? That win on defense thing with Vic Fangio being the head coach and being a defensive guy. That's where I can kind of – it makes a little bit of sense to me. They want Teddy Bridgewater to be the quarterback because they think he won't take as many sacks, he won't turn the football over as much, and he will help the team score more points and move the football and, and, and stay on the field. And I, I think that's probably what it comes down to the most. But still, it is stunning. That Teddy Bridgewater comes in in the offseason without being in the playbook, and Drew Locke's got a whole year on him, and he still wins the job this soon. That is surprising, right? I, I still, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it, but I feel like this does kind of fit the whole win on defense narrative. Yep, yep. I get what you're saying completely. And, and right there, along with that, everybody's so worked up. Like, even I was just mentioning, like, what if Locke would have taken a step forward, and what if he could have been the long-term guy? On the flip side of that, like, what if he does it? What if he stays, like, just as what he was last year, or maybe just slightly better than last year, and he still turns the ball over a bunch, he still fumbles, he still intercepts, and the Broncos, they loaded up their defense, they have weapons on offense, and Locke holds them back, and they barely miss out on the playoffs. Like, what then? Like, you did all this this offseason to build the defense, build around them, you got weapons on offense, and Locke doesn't show improvement, and he holds you back. Then it's like, 
well, then, then people will be mad at George Payton. Oh, George Payton didn't do enough. He didn't upgrade the quarterback position. He ran it back with Drew Locke, and Drew Locke's not good enough. It, like, everybody's got uh, – you can flip back and forth on it. But I, I just feel like I understand what you're saying in that if – we all would have liked to see Locke take a step forward, but I think if that was going to happen, it would have been clear in training camp and it would have been clear in preseason. And it's not like he was awful in preseason. Again, like going back to the O-line and stuff, he didn't get a lot of help in Seattle – but he once in perfect. He put the ball on the ground a couple of times. And Bridgewater, it, like in my mind, Bridgewater did nothing wrong. Bridgewater did nothing to lose the job. And the Broncos clearly feel safer with him. And now I feel like we're kind of beating a dead horse a bit. But I I am kind of glad that uh, who's going to be the starter chat is over. Because it, it's getting tired on Twitter. People are getting so grumpy about it. Yep. But now I know even though the who's going to be the starter chat is over, the quarterback chat is not going to be over because as soon as Bridgewater does anything wrong, all the lock stands are going to be freaking out. And I hope that like fans can get behind Bridgewater. Like, of course, if he's really bad or the Broncos are struggling, like I'll call for lock to be starting too. But like if Bridgewater is doing fine, like let's support him. Like I hope fans aren't like sitting on the edge of their seat, like waiting for him to mess up just so they can fire off their tweets. We need to get lock in there. Fangio should be fired. Bridgewater never should like if it's bad and those comments are justified. Okay, whatever. We'll get there. But like, I just don't want fans to basically be rooting for Bridgewater to fail. No, I hear that. And and we were talking before we started recording. I wanted to get sort of your pulse of what the fans are saying and what they feel. And you're saying if if you were to run a poll, there were more Drew Locke people than Teddy Bridgewater people out there, right? Like there's a lot more people that wanted Drew Locke than Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. So the fan base is, a what you would you say, John, it was a kind of a meltdown? Oh, uh, yeah, it's a big time meltdown. I, I got to throw up a poll on Broncos Wire, but just judging from the numbers of tweets and the tweet replies, the Broncos tweeted the announcement, people are kind of freaking out a little bit. <laughs> And I kind of understand it because I think everybody's like, we had Joe Flacco, we had Case Keenum, we had these short-term journeyman quarterbacks, and it didn't work out. Like, everybody is desperate for, like, security at quarterback. We want the guy that's going to be the guy for the next 10 years. And people are mad that they passed on Justin Fields. They're mad that they're turning to Bridgewater instead of giving Locke another chance. But it's like, if George Payton is not convinced uh, Justin Fields – is his guy, then you don't draft someone that you're not confident in. And if he's not confident that Drew Locke is going to be a franchise quarterback, you don't start him and waste time. Like if they believe they can win with Bridgewater, you go with who you think you can win with. And they may be wrong, but we got to let it play out and find out. All right. Coming up next is a fantasy football question of the week for John. Stick with us. There's a part where, you know, at halftime where I rally the guys, rally them and Say, say, let's go, you know, let's lay it all out on the field. And it's not too, you know, different from some of the halftime speeches I gave in my 10-year career where you got to, you know, down by down by 17 going into halftime and saying, hey, let's flip the script and go out in the second half and let's go get this game. So it won't be a far stretch from anything I haven't done before. It'll just be understanding the character and, you know, studying the CFL a little bit and, knowing the nuances of that game a little bit better than I do and you know, be prepared to just be myself. So I'm not being asked to play any weird role where I got to like change who I am. I just got to go out and kind of be that guy I used to be. Well, there's Jake Plummer. Uh, we, we were talking about this interview you had with, uh, with Plummer last week, John. He is uh, going to star in, a, in an upcoming film. about, And he's going to portray an aging Canadian Football League quarterback. And the film's name is Kick. 
And it's going to, I guess, raise awareness of the CFL, right? We've got to give the CFL a little bit of love, the Canadian Football League. But kind of fun that Jake Plummer is going to be starring in this thing as, a, as kind of a veteran quarterback. Uh, and uh, you guys had a conversation last week. What you, would you get out of this conversation overall? And, and what stuck out to you about that quote that we just played? Yeah, Plummer's just a cool guy. I like Plummer so much. I, I still, just like all Broncos, well, probably majority of Broncos fans feel that Mike Shanahan benched him too soon when they turned to uh, Jay Cutler. I think everybody regrets that that happened. But uh, yeah, he, he apparently has kind of gotten into acting a little bit the last two years, and he's only done like extra work. But he got this role with uh, this film that's coming up. Right there at, I think it's still... And like the planning stage, I think they still got to get some things squared away, but like they have the script and stuff. And this would be the first time that Plummer has a acting role where he actually gets to talk. And he was just describing there in that, that clip that you played where uh, like at halftime, the team's down, he's the quarterback rallying him up. Like, and he said, it's just kind of something that he's done before in the NFL. So it's, it's really natural and seamless to him to transition from playing quarterback in the NFL to playing a fi- fictional quarterback in a movie. So it's just, it's something that's pretty cool. I think, I don't think that they've officially secured like a streaming rights partner. I think it might be like on Netflix or some kind of service like that when the movie is made. So when it comes out, that's something that I'm definitely going to be interested to check out. Yeah. He might be a little bit more natural than uh, Keanu Reeves and the replacements, right? You know, that, that, <laughs> that wasn't as natural. Uh, Keanu. Yeah, I think that's Falco. Falco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that's cool. Uh, you know, it's fun playing little clips of that interview with Jake Plummer because that, that is interesting. And that movie should be something uh, for for Broncos fans and the other teams that Plummer played on. Right. The Cardinals or a couple of teams that he played on a little bit of a journeyman himself. Um, fantasy football question of the week, John. We teased that. Actually, I want to stay on topic here and talk about the Denver Broncos defense. Now, all along, I've been feeling like this defense is going to be much improved from last year not only because of the guys they've added, but because of the guys they're getting back who were injured last year, right? So this defense is going to be nasty. They're building the team around this defense. They want to win this way. And I'm interested because in fantasy football, the Broncos defense is going off the board like number 15 in its position, right? Like you're seeing 14 defenses get picked before the Denver Broncos. And I think that is uh, freaking asinine. I don't understand what's going on with that. Is it, People don't think the Broncos are going to get sacks and interceptions and turnover I, or hold teams down. Like I know they play the Chiefs twice a year, but still, like my God. So I'm targeting the Broncos in my fantasy football draft. If I wait on defense, which I always do, I always like to kind of do the, you know, the defense by committee approach in fantasy and drop different defenses and pick them up. I, I don't like to waste an early round pick on a defense or a kicker in my drafts. For me, I think my sleeper defense and the one I'll wait on and grab at the end of the draft is the Broncos. What do you think about that strategy, and, and why do you think they're so far down the list in fantasy right now? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you that you wait until the last two rounds for your defense and your kicker. And I think if you are in a league with a bunch of Broncos fans, that's not going to happen. Like <laughs> They might even be the first defense off the board. Good point. But like I, I've done a couple drafts already this offseason, including two for Sports Weekly for like their fantasy football preview. We did like a mock-mock draft. And both times, I waited all the way until the last round to draft my defense, and the Broncos were there. So I pounced on them. So I, I think it's just fans that aren't Broncos fans, they just – think Broncos they think oh Broncos awful okay and they move on and they think like who's the good teams in the NFL like the Ravens are good Uh, and they just run down the list of like who they think in the AFC or the NFC that's good and then like if they have a good defense you pick them for fantasy football and special teams might be in consideration a little bit too but like Deontay Spencer he had a 
he had a touchdown return last year. And I don't, I don't recall if the Broncos gave up returns for touchdowns last year, but even if they did, that's not going to sink your defense special teams uh, giving up uh, one or two returns for a touchdown over the course of a season. So I, I agree with you that it's weird that they're going so low. And I think if you're playing in a league that's not full of Broncos fans, absolutely draft them. And if you are with Broncos fans, don't reach for them. Still wait until the second or the second to last or the last round to get your defense. But I'm right there with you. Like they're going to get sacks. They got Von Miller back. They got Bradley Chubb back. Malik Reed led, led the team in sacks last year, and now he's a rotational guy. And uh, Jonathan Cooper in preseason last week, he had two sacks. He's going to be a rotational guy. Draymond Jones, I think he had like six and a half sacks or something as an interior defensive lineman last year. And this preseason, the Broncos' first team defense already has two interceptions. So like you're saying, they're going to get turnovers. They're going to get sacks. They may even get uh, Pat Sertani at a pick six. Like, that might happen a time or two, maybe even more than a time or two this season. So I agree. It's it's very strange that in fantasy they're viewed like a middle-of-the-pack defense. I think I think general NFL fans are really sleeping on them. The, everything the Broncos have been doing, this, like I've been saying, everything they're doing is screaming that their defense is going to be the centerpiece of their team and how they want to win. And they believe they can win that way because the defense is going to be so good. And I'm just stunned that the 15th defense off the board. Yeah, crazy. So I'll be targeting the hell out of them. So... I guess, John, you ready for the Teddy Bridgewater era to start? It's officially here. It's upon us. Uh, what does that mean for the final preseason game? Does poor Drew Locke now have to play the whole uh, the, the throwaway preseason game here coming up? Or or what the hell what the hell we do now? Teddy Bridgewater's yeah, the quarterback. Not, it's a different world. He's not going to play the whole game. Uh, <laughs> the Broncos haven't. By the time this podcast comes out, the Broncos may give a little clarity on what the quarterback plan is going to be for Saturday. But I assume that lock will get maybe the first half, maybe a little less than that, less than that. And then Brett Rippon, our buddy from last year who beat the Jets, who will get to finish out the game, probably the whole second half. I wouldn't be surprised. And then uh, if something happens, Bridgewater will probably be in dressed and just not playing, but just have him dressed just in case there's a worst case scenario. So Kendall Hinton doesn't have to go in again. Yeah, no, but I forgot about Brett Rippon. I remember. Why am, why am I so upset about Teddy Bridgewater being named the starter when I wanted Brett Rippon to, to get a couple more starts <laughs> last year? <laughs> what the hell am I talking about, John? No, nah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be freaking interesting. The Teddy Bridgewater era is officially upon us. So we'll see what's to come of it. We'll be back to chat more about it next week. Can't wait. We'll talk to you all then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.